All right. How many of you guys just love your superintendent and his wife and the team? My goodness. Yeah. I'm impressed. It's not, it's not good to be jealous, but I, I leaned over to Mark, Pastor Mark, and I said, your team is so stinking sharp and the presbytery and, and uh, just so, such a, and, and, and the people, you guys are just so friendly. Minnesota nice, right? That's what they call it. And uh, um, uh, just an honor to be here. Thanks again. My wife sends her greetings and I FaceTimed her and she's setting up. We, we're in a capital campaign like you guys are here at camp. And uh, our first banquets this Friday night or Saturday night, and and uh, pray for us as we try to to raise four to five million dollars, and and uh, the building's going to cost nine, but our building we're currently in is worth three, so that kind of helps. Um, but I'll be praying for you guys. Camp isn't camp's valuable. Uh, you know, you never put the you you can't underestimate the power of camp. I I in fact I, I'm not receiving the offering. I'm going to share a story. Camp. We have a camp um, in Alaska. You have to fly about two and a half. Uh, our flight to a small village called Emonic, and then in Emonic you hop on a speed of light boat. Uh, I got picked up actually at the airport with a speed of light four wheeler. Went to the pastor and missionary's house. I hopped on a speed of light boat. Went up the Yukon River about 30, 40 miles uh, to a campground that BGMC actually a few years ago helped build a tabernacle in a remote area where uh, 75 to 80 teenagers come to camp, and they all come to camp on a boat. From a 17 village. And I don't know about that. That's creative. And, and it's just crazy. I went there one year. The first time I was a district youth director, I went there for their discipleship camp for about a dozen teenagers. They kept back from the week of youth camp. And uh, I taught them for four days as they had a family camp. And I did discipleship for the teenagers. And uh, there's a kid named Ijon. And very similar to the story the presbyter shared tonight. Uh, Ijon, at the end of the week, his name was Ignatius Jonathan. And I said, uh, you went by Ijon. I said, Ijon, I, I want everyone to share your te- their testimony before you go home. Because if you can't share it at camp, you'll have a hard time sharing it at home. And in Alaska, there's almost a 100% sexual abuse rate over girls over the age of three in villages. Very, very challenging, high suicide rates, all those things. Ijon, he's 16 years of age, and with tears in his eyes, he stood up to share his story. He said, when I was five, my dad bought me my bucket. And I said, what's a bucket? He said, well, a bucket's for homebrew. Uh, it's a dry village, but he bought me a five-gallon bucket so I could make my own alcohol. And uh, he said, this is the first time that I have not had alcohol uh, for, for, for 11 days since. The, I, I can't remember the last time I went 11 days without alcohol. And he said, when I turned seven, my dad bought me my first pipe for weed and gave me a bag of weed for Christmas. And, and you might say, well, why would a seven-year-old smoke weed? Well, when a dad gives you weed for Christmas, you smoke it because you think it's a gift, Christmas present. But I, John, says, it's the first time in 11 days I've not smoked weed, and I haven't gotten drunk. He says, and I can't believe how good it is to have the Holy Spirit inside my life. My life's been transformed. And then I remember camp's over. We're hugging kids. They're crying. We put them back on a, on a speed of light boat, and I'm on the boat with them. We get back to, to Imanic, the, the village he's from, and, and we put all their luggage on, on, on a trailer behind a speed of light four-wheeler, and we drive them around the village to drop them off of their homes. And I, John, runs in with, his, with, with a small duffel bag that he'd had for 11 days at camp. And uh, 
Five minutes later, he's running with his bag, trying to catch the four-wheeler, and he's crying. Here's a 16-year-old kid crying. And, and Pastor Austin said, what's going on? And he goes, he goes, this is the first time in 11 days in my life that I remember being sober and not high. And I walk into my house, and there's three people passed out from alcohol, and someone's smoking the pipe. I, I and, and I remember saying, I remember asking myself, with tears in my eyes, thinking, does this kid have a hope? A chance. He wished he could live at camp. And I want to encourage some of you. There are some people that the week they're at camp not only transforms their life, it is a week where they get hope. It's a week that's instilled and something's put inside of them. And, and, and the investment you make in a teenager or a child at camp is invaluable. If you plan for 20 years Buy, buy a hill in Oregon and grow trees. If you plan for a year or two, go, go overseas to some oriental country, buy a rice paddy field, grow rice, you'll make some good money. But if you plan for a lifetime, grow young people. And, and I just want to say thank you for investing. You, you guys, you don't understand. I, I, I've traveled years ago and did 10, 8 to 10 camps a summer. What you have in Minnesota is not normal. Please don't take it for granted. Please invest. And I can tell you right now, the culture, there are states around the nation closing camp up because they can't get people to come. And you've got more people that want to come than you have space for. Now's the time to cash in to make sure you keep that going. You've got something. And, and sometimes you don't understand what you have until it's gone. And so I just want to say, keep going on. Way to go. So proud of you, Minnesota. So proud of you. Uh, again, I'm so honored to be here. Tonight, I, I, I want to share probably one of my, my, my most favorite topics to talk about, and, and that's the, the Holy Spirit. I, I grew up as a spiritual mutt. My dad went to every church in town. My dad would get offended. We'd go to another church. We just happened to go to the Assemblies of God Church when I was in high school. Uh, uh, I remember God, God transformed my life, and, and for me, um, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was five years old behind a floral couch on 3rd Street in Tillamook, Oregon. My mom was listening to Evie. You guys remember Evie? On an eight-track. Some of you are like, what's an eight-track? Well, it doesn't matter. It, ha- it came right before uh, 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 Spotify. That's, what that, that's where it's at. Um, and and I, I, was, I don't know what song it was, but my mom was listening to Evie. And I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I started, I was playing Cowboys and Indies behind my couch. And I just thought I was playing Cowboys and Indies. I'm, I'm going to kill you. And I'm like Rambo. Um, and, and, and then all of a sudden, I, I shot, oh, I'm going to kill you. I shot, Rambo. And I, I had an open vision behind my couch when I was five years of age. I saw this auditorium. And I didn't know what it was, but I saw someone in the front communicating. And the day I walked into Life Center, Tacoma, Washington, interview, I thought I was here when I was five years of age. I was here. And, and uh, I, I want to talk tonight about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and you see, we're a Pentecostal denomination or Pentecostal fellowship. And now that word scares some people. Because <laughs> there's different definitions of Pentecostal. There's the cultural definition, like, because Pentecostal, for some people, means you don't wear makeup, you don't wear pants, well, you wear clothes. Women don't wear, you know, that your women, women don't wear makeup, they don't wear any pants, they wear their hair in buns, 
That's not Pentecostalism. That's called bondage. I don't know about you, man. I grew up. I grew up, and there's times. You you ever remember growing up when you're scared to bring your friend to your Pentecostal church? Aunt Tilly's on the piano over here, and she starts doing a little twitch. You're like, not tonight. I brought three friends. Not tonight. And then the angriest guy in the whole entire church is in in the balcony. The Lord would say to you today. And he always sounded like he was mad. You know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and so, so sometimes we have, you know, so, but, but historically, you know, the word Pentecostal, it, it's a scary word. I'll tell you what it means. It, penta is where we get Pentagon, five. Coste is times ten. So Pentecost literally means 50. Isn't that a scary word? 50 days after the Passover, Moses is called to go up to the mountain and God gives him the law on two tablets. So the day of Pentecost was, 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 was to celebrate the giving of the law 50 days after Passover. When they were, you know, they got, Moses led them out of Egypt and 50 days later he goes to the mountain and receives the law. It's 50 days after Christ died. 50 days after he died. On the day of Pentecost, when the Jews made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem on the, on, to celebrate a feast 50 days after Passover, 50 days after Jesus died, God didn't give a law on stone tablets. He wrote law on people's hearts through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's historically. Now, now denominationally, there's different things, lots of things. And, 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 and uh, you know, I, I always, you know, talk, talking about women and makeup, my, I, someone always asks, like, well, how much makeup should a woman wear? My dad's a dairy farmer. He's not super, like, politically correct. But if you ask my dad how much a woman should wear, my dad would say, if the barn needs painting, paint it. Sorry. Don't judge me. It's my dad. If by Pentecost, if you mean that ladies don't wear pants and that women don't wear makeup and women don't wear pants and they wear their hair in buns, and if by Pentecost you mean you have to be spiritually weird, have you ever met those people that like they use the Holy Spirit as an excuse to be weird? So they're weird in church, but they never twitch like that at Walmart. Let me ask you a question. See, see, some of you, you're weird in church and weird at Walmart. You were born that way. It's okay. So if if we mean that we have to be weird, because some of you, you've had weird, you've had experiences that are so like, you just, and and I'm not talking about being weird tonight. If that's what Pentecost means, I'm not sure if I want that. But I I remember my pastor in, in Las Vegas, my pastor in Las Vegas traveled with Benny Hinn. And I don't know what you think about Benny Hinn. I can tell you right now, I don't like how he dresses, and I think his hairdo could use an upgrade. And, and my pastor, what happened is my, my pastor's daughter was given six months to live with terminal cancer, 
They went to all the doctors. They had, all, and, and they had bad reports. They did, and, and in fact, she had chemotherapy. It didn't work. The tumor didn't shrink. She had a tumor in her throat. It, they, they couldn't remove it because it was where it was located next to some other areas in her, in her body. And so they couldn't do anything about it. And so his wife said, I don't care what you think, honey, about Benny, but I'm taking her to a Benny Hinn crusade in L.A. Went to a Benny Hinn crusade. She was radically, completely healed. Was told she'd never have kids because of chemotherapy, how strong it was. She's got four boys now. So my pastor would travel with Benny, and my, my pastor would come home. People would get healed. And, and, I, and so I remember, pastor says, Mark, I, I, I really, because I travel with Benny, I want you to go to his youth crusade in, in L.A. I'm thinking, Benny does youth crusades? And I remember going and thinking like, and so my pastor let him know I was coming. And so I came through, they gave me a pass and I walked in and they ushered me into the locker room, which is with the green room. And they lined everybody up. And, and I'm thinking, this is kind of weird. I didn't realize that me going meant I was on the platform. And I'm thinking like all my Bible college friends are gonna think I've lost it now. And so they ushered me on the platform and I'm on the front row with one empty seat next to me. And I didn't know what that meant. Until all of a sudden, Benny was next to me. How you doing, brother? And then he touches me. Nothing happened. One of my friends says, what did it feel like when he touched you? Like that. And they did like a 45-minute worship time with hymns and teenagers. Probably, I don't know if they were worshiping. And, and then they, they gave a 15-minute salvation message. And I saw 3,000 teenagers go into the altar room to pray for salvation. I mean, it was a rock-solid message. And then he preached on healing. It was on the blood of Jesus and how God heals. And it was a solid, biblically meth, solid message. And then all of a sudden, things I I don't necessarily chase after started happening. They had people come up and they're flying. In fact, he takes his coat and goes like this and everyone in the front where I was standing falls over except for me. By Pentecost, I don't mean the some the things that you don't always understand, those types of things, although God can do what God wants to do the way God wants to do it. Right? And in the moment we put God in a box, then guess what? Our God's our size, and that's not the God I want to serve, or not the God we want to serve, right? So tonight, I want to talk, though, about, about this, this Pentecostal distinctive of who we are. That, that You see, if, if by Pentecost we mean those other things, I, I don't want to be that. But if Pentecost means that the work of the Holy Spirit is personal in my life today, and it empowers me, like Acts chapter 2, to be empowered full of Spirit, to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, I want to be Pentecostal. If Pentecostal means the gifts of the Spirit are in my life, I want all God has for me. If that's what it means. So I don't know what your background is. Maybe you're, you're Lutheran or you're Catholic or, or, or you're, you're not sure what you are. Maybe you've, been, you've grown up in Pentecost and this is just a refresher course for you or an apologetic to understand how to, how to talk about the Holy Spirit to your friends. Or maybe for you, it's something you're going, I've been seeking for a while. Or maybe for some of you, it's like, I don't even know what to think about it. Would you give the word of God a chance to speak to your hearts tonight and your minds today? I want to honor your mind and your heart. And and, and I believe God is going to honor you. And the last time, uh, I'm going to share some at the end of our message. um, But the Chi Alpha pastor from Winona came up to me. She says, Mark, are you talking about the baptism of the Spirit? And I said, I am. And she says, do you remember the Chi Alpha Salt Retreat in South Dakota? I said, I do. That night, 156 college students got baptized in the Holy Spirit like that. 
No one laid hands on them. Nothing happened. And when it was on, from one side of the room to the other, just all of a sudden, they just got baptized. She said 31 people in her group got baptized with the Holy Spirit like that. The Holy Spirit can transform your life. Tonight I want to talk about uh, you can have a, a dynamic, incredible relationship with the Holy Spirit. Tonight, I, 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 there's, there, you realize there's few other, there's only four topics that the Gospels talk about. All four Gospels only share four stories or four key thoughts. Number one, all of them talk about the birth of Jesus. All four Gospels talk about the death of Jesus. All four Gospels talk about the resurrection of Jesus. And all four Gospels talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How many want to know that the birth of Jesus is pretty pivotal in, in, in our lives? The greatest step in human history was not when Neil Armstrong stepped onto the moon. The greatest step in human history was when God stepped out of heaven in human body as, as, a, swaddling, as a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. That was the greatest step in human history was when Jesus became human. Human. The death of Jesus is very, very important, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what makes, sets us apart because we could, should eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die if there's no resurrection from the dead. And our preaching is without hope. There's useless. There's no reason to preach. But friends, why would he include the baptism of the Holy Spirit in every single path, uh, 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 gospel because it's, one of, it's the most important aspect of empowering his people to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So I want to look, I want to look real quick, and we're going to just quickly do a survey of this. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, it says, I baptize with water for repentance. That's John the Baptist speaking. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. Mark chapter 1, verse 8, I baptize with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who's more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John chapter 1, and I myself did not know him, speaking of John, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down, Spirit's the subject, the one you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And we know from the Gospels that the Holy Spirit descended on him like a what? A dove. And it says it remained. In the Old Testament, Many times the Holy Spirit would come upon the kings or upon prophets and they would prophesy and then the Holy Spirit would lift. But in the New Testament, there's a new dispensation. Old Testament, Holy Spirit would come upon and empower for a season or a time and lift. In the New Testament, the one you see the Holy Spirit come down on and remain. Say remain. In other words, you, 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 you can have, a, 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 the, the Holy Spirit can be in you and a part of who you are. I, uh, uh, one, one day I came home from a speaking engagement and one of my daughters, um, who's 19 and sitting in the front row, not like I'm embarrassing her. I came home and we're living in Vegas and she says, Daddy, you gotta watch this. And you know, we, we believe that our kids need all the, the, food, the, food, the four food groups, so chocolate is one of those, right? Um, 
so Cocoa Pebbles. We had Cocoa Pebbles, and we teach our kids when they're done uh, with their cereal to drink their milk, right? And, and if they don't want to drink their milk, then don't pour as much milk in the cereal, right? Just uh, don't waste it. Um, and so, and so my, my daughter had eaten her Cocoa Pebbles, and there's chocolate milk there. And she, she says, Daddy, watch this. You've got to watch this. It's really cool things going to happen. I said, okay. And I watched. And she's got big brown eyes like her mom. And she's a beautiful young lady. And she's still single. Um, and, and she picked up her bowl. And she drank a little bit. She sat down. She says, did you just see what happened? I said, no. You drank some milk. She goes, no, Dad. She said, let me give you a hint. She said, where does Jesus live? I said, well, he kind of lives everywhere. He's omnipresent. She says, no, but Daddy, he, where does he live if we ask him into our heart? I said, well, in your heart. She says, Jesus lives in my heart. That's a big hint. I said, okay. So she, she grabs my face and she pulls it close. She said, watch really close. It's really cool what's going to happen. So she picks the milk up. She drinks it. She swallows and she says, did you just see what happened? No. So what happened? She said, Jesus just got wet. (laughs) That's good theology right there. And how many know that when we are saved, when when we make a commitment to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us? So that thought that Jesus got wet, if Jesus, her, her thought was if I drink something, whatever's down here is going to get wet. And if Jesus is inside here, he's going to get wet. Well, how many want to know, the moment you accept Christ as your personal Savior, you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in you bears witness with the Spirit of God that you're sons or daughters of the Most High God. We know that, right? I'm not talking about the fact that when you get saved, the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about there's a whole nother event. Beyond salvation. And, and I want to walk through, I, I want to walk through the, the, the Gospels, or the, I want to walk through the, the, the Gospels and the book of Acts for a moment, and I want to show you there's a pattern. Because for some of you, after tonight, you're going to go, oh, snap. I maybe have one. A relationship with Jesus. But there's, there are three things that are very pivotal. There's a pattern for us as believers. And how many want to know, if it's in the Bible, we should live it and do it, right? And, and so, uh, uh, the very last words of Jesus, in Luke chapter 24, and we'll flip the page into in Acts in a moment, but in Acts chapter, or Luke chapter 24, verse 49, it says, I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power on high. Now all the gospels say go in all the world and preach the gospel. But at the end of that it says, and lo, I'll be with you as you go. In other words, he promised empowerment. He said, stay here until the promise of my Father comes upon you and you'll receive. And, 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 and when you're there, you'll be clothed with power. That's why in Acts he says, stay here in Jerusalem until the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll, re- you'll, you'll receive power to be. Say be. My witnesses, not power to know, not power, not, not power to do witnessing, but power to be. There's something about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that empowers you to be all that God's called you to be. So he says, stay here till my Father, he's promised something. How many want to know the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father? 
In Acts chapter 1, it says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Say wait. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So John baptized with what? Water, and then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They gather around him and ask, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And, 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 and he says, it's not for me to know the times and the dates and all this information, but you'll receive power. Sometimes we don't think, sometimes there's a part of us that thinks, I need to know more. And Jesus says, it's not for you to know all this information. It's the call to be, not to always know. He said, stay here, receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and you'll be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea. The last words of Jesus were not go, but to wait. If we go without it, we're not empowered in our going. And I'm convinced, we talked about about lost people last night and where lost people go. Friends, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so we can can have a prophetic edge with evangelism, a prophetic edge when we talk to people. We need God's, God's empowerment to make a difference in our world. And so what I want to walk through right now is is a pattern from Scripture that I think is an apologetic in some respects for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to start with Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read a lot of Scriptures, and then I'm going to give you an illustration that I think will will make sense to everyone in here. It might take some of the mysticism away or some of the mystique, and I I believe we're going to see see lots of people, if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit tonight. I'm convinced. It's not because of me. It's because God still wants to do what he's done for years. Baptize people in the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37. is after they were in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came upon them. There's tongues of fire. There's a wind in the room. And it says they all began to speak in other tongues. And as they spoke in other tongues, people from all around the world were there. Jews from all around that heard them declaring God in their native language. They're like, are these people drunk at, at, at 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning? What is this? And, 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 and then, then in Acts chapter 2, uh, uh, later on, Paul begins to preach. And, and it says, when people heard this, what? They heard uh, his, his message about the end times and what, uh, what you, you, you know, Jesus had done all these miracles, performed all these things. And what, what happened was the promise that Joel will pour spirit upon all flesh. And then he says, when people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, What shall we do? Friends, I believe when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, there is a, there's a conviction that hits the people around you where, where you, share, you share what God's doing. They say, what, what, I, they want to be next. What shall we do? Peter replied, repent. Say repent. That's salvation. There's a pattern. And be baptized. That's what? Water baptism. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you. The what? The promise. It's for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. In other words, at Lake Geneva Bible Camp here at this place, that means if, if God tarries for another 20 years, 25 years, there's 25 more years of children get baptized in the Holy Spirit. For you and your sons, your grandsons. But the pattern, repent and be baptized. That's salvation, water, baptism, and what? Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, if you've been saved, great. If you've not been water baptized, the next time your church does water baptism, you need to sign up. Why have you not followed the biblical pattern? Let's fill those tanks up. We'll dunk. In Acts chapter 8, it goes on. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. And in verse 12, it says, but when they believed, say believed. What they believe? Jesus died on the cross for their sins. They have salvation. That's, a, they count, that's an event in their life. When, when Philip believed as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized. They were what? Baptized. You have salvation. You have water baptism. Both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. And verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they they. they, they they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the, the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not come on any of them yet. But they'd went what? They believed, they repented, they, they'd been saved, but now they, and they'd been water baptized, but what had they not received yet? The Holy Spirit. You see a pattern? It's biblical. There's salvation, there's water baptism, and there's Holy Spirit baptism. Not, and, and you'll also find in here that there's people that, get, that can get baptized in the Holy Spirit before they've ever been water baptized. It's not, it's not based upon a, a thing. But there's three things as Christ followers that we have the, have the opportunity to experience. It says they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Salvation, water baptism, and Holy Spirit baptism. Acts chapter 19. Are we doing okay tonight? In Acts chapter 19, it says, when Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, do you, did, did you receive the, the Holy Spirit when you believed? Say believed. So they, they were what? Saved. They answered, no, we've not heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, well, what baptism did you receive? And what did they say? John's baptism, which is what? John came to baptize with water, but someone after him whose sandals he's unworthy to untie will baptize with the Holy Spirit. You see a pattern? Salvation, water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. You, you get baptized because you repented. I always tell people if they sin more, let me know. I'll hold them down longer. I don't know how you do water baptism. Water baptism at our church is a celebration. And we do it during, during our worship service, and we fill the tank up, and once a month we, we baptize about a dozen people every month. It's just the funnest service, and and I was on vacation last month, and I was so bummed for missing water baptism. Um, but people will go in, we'll dunk them, and, and we'll bring all the kids in from kids' church to watch. And the kids will get up there, they'll, take, they'll watch. And, and, and so guess what? We have a lot of kids that want to go water baptized now when they find, find out that they believed in Jesus because they're watching it. And people cheer, they cry. I mean, guys, when, when, people, uh, uh, when, when people who are all tatted up and their lives are all messed up meet Jesus, it's pretty fun to watch them get water baptized. We, we, we water baptized um, a sibling group of, of, of five native kids from Fort Yukon who are living with one of our board members. All five of them want to get water baptized. 
and their grandmother and grandfather and mom who had lost custody flew in to watch the water baptism and all three of them accepted Jesus Christ as their personal savior. Water baptism is pivotal. I hope in your church you make it, you make it big. Let people experience the winds and watch people get water baptized and make it part of worship. We just cheer and and, 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 but the biblical pattern, it says, and it says, and, and so then John's baptism, but he, he told the, the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is of Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And, and then Paul places hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and, and they what? They spoke in tongues. So we see a pattern again there's salvation, there's water baptism. And there's Holy Spirit baptism. And I want to ask you, if, you, if you've not experienced that, and I, we, we, could talk, we could pray for salvation again tonight. We did last night, and a dozen people accepted Christ. And, but, but if you haven't been water baptized, go home and be water baptized. Don't, don't, don't wait till everything's perfect. You, you, you repent and be baptized. It's something you do. Water baptism is where, it's like a wedding ring. It's an outward symbol of an inward reality. I have a commitment to Jesus. I'm going to be water baptized. But, if you've been water baptized, but not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that is as that, that is that is a normal experience for a New Testament believer. It's part of who we are. It's God's it's God's experience for us. And I, I remember, you know, I, I told you I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was when I was five years old, and then we went to some camps and kids camps and youth camps, and and my brother was baptized in the Holy Spirit. But my brother Pat, he's real analytical. Um. And, and uh, he went to, he got a full ride scholarship to a, a school in, in, in California for, cro- for cross country and track. And while he's there, he, he gets a part of a, a Baptist church. It was a great church. They reached out to him, had a great college ministry. And his small group leader discipled him out of believing that Pentecost was for today. But his small group leader was an all American and actually was running in the Olympic trials in LA and, uh, to see if he'd make the Olympic team. And he's driving up Highway 101 back to Cal- Poly in San Luis Obispo, California, and had to pull off the road as he's listening to vineyard music because he got baptized in the Holy Spirit in his Honda Accord. How many of you know God will baptize people where he wants, how he wants, when he wants? And this guy was antagonistic about it, and he, ca- he, ca- he, ga- he called my brother and says, Pat, Pat, that Pentecost thing, your brother's not a part of a cult, it's real. I was in my Honda Accord and spoke in tongues. Like in the book, they were all in one accord. Sorry, that was, that was cheesy. I question your sense of humor. That was a dad joke and a bunch of us laughed. Four ways real quick, I want to talk about how the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift to us. Four ways, number one, we have direct communication to God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for direct communication to God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says this. Paul says, for anyone, say anyone. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Look at me, friends. The reason why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important is there are times you need to have a direct link to the master and commander of the universe, the one whose government rests upon his shoulders. That one, 
You have a challenge in your home. You have a challenge in, in, in a home. I, I can share this story because the person's not here anymore. But today after this morning gathering, the mom asked me last night, can you meet with my daughter? She's struggling with her gender identity and dysphoria and all this stuff. And we were up here this morning and the girl literally, God, I mean, she left this place believing that God made her a woman and she's gonna stay a woman. God, I mean, she'd been hurt by, she'd been, she'd been raped by a young man and God, God set her free from anger and bitterness today and she's going, home with a plan to go tell her dad who does not know because the family's been split and and God God through his holy spirit gave me some key words just to talk to her and literally God set this girl free today right here at this altar because when you don't know how to pray listen when you don't know how to pray the baptism of the holy spirit is direct communication to God because the spirit of God knows exactly what to say that's why we need to have the empowerment of the Spirit because there are times we don't know how to pray. We'll talk about that in a moment. Number two, it strengthens a believer's private life. Anyone here needs strength in their private life? I used to, I spoke for three years at the Chi Alpha uh, uh, retreat in North Dakota and they had 600 students and, and, uh, from the couple campuses over there and, 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 and boy, NDSU and Moorhead State and what God's done through Chi Alpha and Brad and Kay um, there in that, in that community is incredible. And, but Brad says, Mark, I don't care what you preach on, but I want everyone baptized in the Holy Spirit before we leave. He says, because they cannot serve God on a secular college campus if they're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. If they, if they want to get set free from pornography and they want to see God do empower, they, they want to see miracles and they want to see signs that make people wonder, they need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. To serve God on a public school campus. Friends, yes, we don't need to be woke up. We need to be awakened to all God has for us. It's amazing. There's nothing new under the sun. If we were awake, never mind, I won't go down. I don't want to go on that, that track over here. But 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4 says, anyone, say anyone. So anyone who speaks in a tongue, Speaks not to God, people, but to God. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. And that word edify means to build up and furnish. You build up and you edify yourself. You, you, you're, you're, doing, you're doing a bench press in the spirit. There's something happening on the inside. There's some, some of you need to furnish yourself. God knows what you need on the inside when you don't know. And when you speak in tongues, when you speak in, uh, 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 Pastor Paul Young Cho says I, he speaks in, in tongues minimum of an hour a day because he said I can't do ministry without the spirit the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what some of you need to get past some of the hangups and the, some of you need to take your hangups and hook them up on a cross and let God don't let the devil hijack your hookup and, and let be edified on the inside until you're strong stronger stronger than you used to be tongues edifies you there's weaknesses in all of us. There's bents in all of us. There's, there's iniquitous patterns in all of us that the Holy Spirit begins to sharpen and shape. You might not look like you have a six-pack on the outside, but you're gonna have a six-pack on the inside. I'm surprised not more women said amen to that. I'm joking. Number three, it enhances your worship. It enhances our worship. I, I love Acts chapter 10, verse 6. It says, they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. 
In Acts chapter two, verse 11, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. On the day of Pentecost, when 120 were in the upper room, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Bible says the Spirit enabled them, didn't make them. As the Spirit enabled them, uh, people from all over the world, Jews from every tribe and tongue were there. And it's heard that we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our language, not their language. How many of you want to expand your worship vocabulary? I mean, any, anyone here, I've been married I, I, 25 years this February, and there's days I wish I spoke French or some romantic language. Because Mark's wife was kind of clunky. But when it comes to God, you know, there's the songs I sing and there's those things. But when I pray in the Spirit, I have expanded my worship vocabulary for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who, because I'm blood-bought, I'm Christ-centered, I'm demon-delivered, I'm God-governed, I'm heaven-headed, I'm tongue-talking, I don't walk on water, but he does. And when I worship him in the spirit, I worship him with a vocabulary that I've never learned. And I don't know about you, I would like to know that I'm bilingual when it comes to my worship with God. And one language I learned and one language he gave me. And then number four, intercessory prayer. In Romans it says in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. Anyone ever felt weak? Anyone ever felt like an anorexic at a sumo wrestler clinic when it comes to spiritual things? And the, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Say wordless groans. In other words, the Holy Spirit is interceding through us, through the Spirit. And, and he who searches our hearts, which is God, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with God's will. In other words, when you begin to pray in the Spirit, when you don't know how to pray, anyone ever been stuck, you don't know how to pray? There's been times I don't know how to pray, so I just, I, I, I'll be in my house or I'll be in the sanctuary and I'll be, and then all of a sudden, uh, I, I'll just start preach, speaking in English and I'm praying for someone in my church. I'm praying for a person. How did I get there? I mean, one of those spirit of God knows exactly how I need to pray. I, uh, it, was, it was a dozen years ago. I'm, I, uh, I, had a, 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 I was in Vegas still, and I, I had a, a, a band load of interns, and we took a trip, and we were kind of preaching in small locations and encouraging people and pastors and churches, and we had a day off, and the day off was in Tillamook, Oregon. If you've ever been to Oregon, Tillamook, there's like 40,000 cows and uh, 4,000 people. It's the land of cheese trees and ocean breeze, and it smells like cow poop when you drive through. And my dad was a dairy farmer, so he goes, that's the smell of money, boys. And, uh, and so, uh, we're, I, I, but my mom, see, you know, I used to call my mom Martha Stewart, but my mom has integrity. So I had to go back to call her, Mar uh, you know, after Martha Stewart got thrown in jail, I had to go back and call my mom Betty Crocker. Um, 
And, uh, but my mom, I drove into town. I said, I, my only words were, my, and my mom could cook. You know, any, 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 farm, any farmer's wives in here, that you, you throw down. I mean, my mom, my mom could make spam taste good, probably. I've never had spam, but she could make it taste good. My mom just, she's an incredible cook. And uh, actually, you guys like spam because that's the Hormel plant in Austin, right? You guys all like spam. I shouldn't make fun of that, you bologna eaters. Okay. Um, don't ask me what type of part of the pig that came from, but we won't go there, okay? But I'm in Tillamook, and, and, and I'm, it was our day off. Because Tillamook is about 10 miles from the, uh, from the ocean, and we're going to go see the ocean, do some of those things. And I've got 11, 10 interns, and, I, I'm, and, and we you know, drive in, and I get out of the van. I'm going to go hug my mom, who I haven't seen in a year or two. And my mom says, you're going to be mad at me. I'm thinking, like, how could I be mad at my mom? You gave birth to me. I love you. And she goes, um, you told me you didn't want to preach, and, but I just got off the phone with a pastor, and we scheduled a service for tonight. I said, Mom, it's Monday. Like, when do you schedule the service? Well, this morning. Okay, Mom, this is Tillamook. Um, this was BF before Facebook for most of the people in Tillamook, kind of behind the times a little bit. How are we going to have anyone show up for church? We're going to make some phone calls. I said, Mom, you make, you, if you're going to do a special service, you announce it for a, a week or two. You don't decide like at 10 o'clock on a Monday morning to have a 7 o'clock service that night. Well, I'll get on the phone. Well, she got on the phone. 11 people showed up that night. Besides my interns. There's 11 people there. Now, you might think, that well, what's wrong with 11? Eight of them are related to me. Okay? Then you have the pastor. Actually, no, there, there, was, there was six related to me. Then you have the pastor, his wife, his daughter, and then two other ladies I didn't know. My mom got two people to come to church. And, and we're worshiping, and I've got an attitude. You ever had an attitude? And so I'm praying the Spirit because I don't want to be here. <laughs> don't look at me, pastors, because some of you don't want to be there on Sundays, okay? Don't look at me like that. Like, I'm all unspiritual, okay? And I'm just, da, 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 and, and as I'm praying the Spirit, I hear God tell me, someone in this room has a brain tumor. And I'm, da, 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 and I heard God say, and someone has throat cancer. And I'm thinking, this is the sickest group of 11 people I know. And then, then, then I hear, and someone's been involved with witchcraft. I thought, I knew something was wrong with my sister-in-law all along. I knew it all along, all along. And I, I know I shared part of the story the other night. And, and so, so I get up to preach, and I'm, you know, I preach, a, you know, a cute little message. The whole time I'm thinking, like, God, I, so I, 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 I went fishing. So if you ever, if you've ever, you know, as you, as you, as you, as you work in the, with the Holy Spirit and you, and you, and you pray in the Spirit, sometimes he'll give you some insider inf- trading information. It doesn't get you thrown in jail. It's called a word of knowledge, a prophecy. There's gifts of the Spirit come with, come with a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and so I'm like going, I'm not going to like say, okay, who has a throat? I didn't say, does anyone have throat cancer? I didn't say, does anyone here have like a growth in their brain? Because that's kind of isolates it. And if you're wrong, <laughs> kind of messes the rest of the service up. So I said, 
Does anyone here by chance have a problem with like their neck up? I was going to do neck up checkup, right? And two people raised their hand. So I asked the pastor's wife, I said, what's going on, hon? She goes, I was diagnosed with a growth in my brain. I thought, okay. So I looked at the other woman, I said, do you have a problem with your throat by chance? She goes, "Uh uh-huh, I have throat cancer. I said, I'm going to pray for you. The witchcraft thing, (laughs) I wasn't going to go there with my brother and my sister-in-law in the crowd. That wasn't going to be good, so I left that alone. And we prayed for the lady with the brain tumor, and it shrunk. I didn't see it shrink, but she went back to the doctor. It was gone. The woman with throat cancer was actually the lady who cleaned my wife, my mom's house. And she came. It was a part-time job. Uh, she was told to get things ready. She, was, she, she had three boys, uh, teenagers, and she was told she had six months to live. There was no hope. And they could maybe remove the esophagus, but there's a whole lot of problems that go along with that. And that it was probably, it was like third or fourth, you know, stage cancer. Um, so get things in line and order. So we prayed for her. She went in for a checkup and the cancer was completely gone. And then we're just praying with people. And this, I, I think I shared the story of Maria. Maria came up and she was a young gal my mom had invited. And she was over here in this side of the sanctuary. And I went over to Maria and I said, how can I pray for her? And she says, I'm here because I want to find my higher power. And I said, higher power? I said, I, I said do you know that Jesus is the most high power? She goes, well, I, I'm not, I'm just here because I'm just, I know there's a higher power. I'm not ready. Are, do you want to make a commitment to Jesus? I don't want to make a commitment to Jesus. And, and, I, and, and I says, well, can, can I pray for you? So she said, sure. And so, but she, she says, but don't close your eyes. She didn't trust me. So I said, okay. And I just started praying for her. And one of my lady interns came over and we're praying for her. And as I'm praying for her, I see a picture in my mind. How many want to know the Holy Spirit can speak to you? I got a picture in my mind of, and I think I shared this the other night, of witchcraft and the seance or whatever. And I, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, she hasn't slept through the night in three years. And so I said, you, you, you haven't slept through the night in three years, have you, Maria? And she goes, uh-uh. Her eyes get big. And I, and, and I said, do you want God to, to, heal, to, 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 to heal you? And she says, I don't, I don't know. I said, and the reason you haven't slept through the night in three years is because of the witchcraft that was performed on you. And, and she goes, how did you know that? I said, well, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he's more powerful than a witchcraft that was done on you. And can I pray for you? She says, you can pray. I said, she says, but I don't want to accept this Jesus that just told you that. I said, okay. I said, well, if you sleep through the night tonight, will you believe that Jesus is real? She said, if I sleep through the night tonight, it will be a miracle. And I will commit to the Jesus you're talking about. And so I prayed for Maria. And we went home. And the next morning, we drove away about 6 o'clock because we had to get to another 6 a.m. And my mom calls me at 11 o'clock, and she goes, Mark! And I'm thinking, like, did they plug a toilet? I told those interns that they plug a toilet to clean that sucker up. She says, Mark, Maria called, and she blamed you for being late for work. She set her alarm for 6 a.m., and she didn't wake up till 9.30. And I just led her to Jesus Christ. Now, friends, listen. I believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit launches us into a a whole new set of power tools are available to us that some of us have been using hand tools for for a long time. The Holy Spirit gives you new language. There's a power that goes along with that. Now, tonight, I want to talk about how to... they, they They were in the upper room, 
They were all in one accord. They were praying. And Jesus said, stay here till the promise of my Father comes upon you. And when he comes upon you, you'll receive power to be my witnesses. So they're in the upper room praying. And we know that Jesus was on earth for 40 days walking around before he sent into heaven. So we know it took 10 days. They were praying for 10 days. And on the 10th day of the day of Pentecost, when everyone's there to celebrate the giving of the law, God writes the law upon their hearts and it says that that, that the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Three times in the book of Acts, five times, excuse me, the Holy Spirit came upon the believers. Three of those times, they spoke in tongues. Now why tongues? I don't know. It could have been they would stand on the, they, it could have been when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll stand on your head and spit BBs through a straw. It could have been a lot of things. I personally have the opinion that the only thing man can't tame is the tongue. And why could a tongue at one moment praise God and another moment curse man? I think the tongue. God says, I can tame it. No one can tame the tongue, but I can tame that sucker and so that all it does is give me praises. So when we pray in the spirit, we are praying with a pure tongue. When we pray in the spirit, we are praying with an untainted tongue. When we pray in the spirit, we're praying according to God's will. We're direct communication to God. We're building ourselves up. And I don't know about you, uh, we need to build ourselves up our most holy faith, right? So three times they're praying, Holy Spirit came upon them, they've spoken in other tongues. And, 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 and I want to say it this way. When, when the community in Jerusalem heard the sound, they heard a sound. So I want to talk for the next three minutes, four minutes, and then I'm going to pray for the Baptist of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about how to download heaven's ringtone. I want to make it simple. Most of us have smartphones. How many of you guys have smartphones? Now some of you have smarter phones than others. Some of you are on the wrong galaxy. We won't go there though, Okay. But how many of you guys have ever downloaded a song on your phone? Download a new ringtone on your phone. So I want to walk through what I think would be a multi-generational thought. And if, you don't, if it doesn't make sense to you because you, you have a flip phone, uh, you can ask your grandson. All right. Real quick. Uh, 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 six ways to download Heaven's ringtone. Number one, you've got to turn the phone on. Activate the signal. You need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. When I say this, you're the phone. Hey. If there's Dropbox and I can download from something the Dropbox to my computer or my phone and I can attach something to an email and send it, how many of you guys understand the internet? Like you understand it. I don't understand the internet, but I know it's real. Right? And I can download things from the internet to my phone or to my, I can, I can, I can take a picture and upload it to Instagram. I can put it on Facebook. I can text it to my, my wife. I can do lots of different things. I don't understand how it works, but it works. But all I know is if you want to download heaven's ringtone, you have to have a relationship with Jesus. You have to turn the phone on. You have to turn your life and be on the, you have to be on the right network, which is a relationship with Jesus. That's how it starts. Number two, you have to stay close to the signal. How many of you guys have ever been out where there's no cell phone signals? You ain't downloading nothing. You ain't going nowhere. Some of you want God to speak to you, but you don't stay close enough to the signal to have him download anything for you. You got to stay in the network. You got to stay close. Number three, got to delete unnecessary files on the hard drive for space. I'm a dad. And every year my kids come to me and say, Dad, I need a new phone. Why? It's really slow. 
I can't put any more videos on it. I said, well, delete some of the videos you got. I don't want to. I need more memory. No, you need to delete some of what you got. Some of us want God to give us more, but we're full of a bunch of files we got to delete. There's some stuff on the hard drive of our life, unforgiveness, bitterness, impurity. There's areas of our life, selfishness, uh, uh, all these different areas. And the Holy Spirit can speak to you tonight about those things you got to delete to make space and room. Because God wants to download something. But for some of you, you're full of yourself. There's no room for him to fill you up. And, 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 no, 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 so, and then number four, you got to agree to the terms of service. How many want to know it's free? You ever download something, an app? Like, yes, I agree, and you put in your password or whatever. But with Jesus, the password is just blood of lamb, cross, blood, Jesus. How many want to know? All of those in the upper room were filled with the Holy Spirit as the Spirit enabled them. It's for all of us. It's free. It's not for those. Here's the deal. God doesn't give the Spirit, the, the spirit to people who are mature. He gives them to everyone. The Spirit's free, maturity's expensive. The Spirit's free. We have to agree that in terms of service that, that doesn't matter what you did in the past, it doesn't matter what color your skin is, doesn't matter what side of the tracks you grew up on, doesn't matter what social economic status you come from, it doesn't matter what church you're a part of, it doesn't matter if it's big or small, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, it doesn't matter if you're old or young, all... God can baptize all of us. Agree that it's free. It's something he wants to, it's the promise of the Father, a gift from him. You can't earn it. There's no price take for it. It's free. He paid it all. Agree to the terms of service. Number five, once you agree, you simply say, God, I want to download heaven's ringtone. You push that little cloud button and download it. How many want to know if God created clouds, he can help download things from clouds to your hard drive? And then number six, once you download it, you got to enable it and make it default. Now what am I saying? I'm saying this. Tonight, if you're not in right relationship with Jesus, you say, God, I want to become in right relationship with you and, and Lord, I'm going to stay close to you. And as I cl stay close to you, Lord, I want to remove anything in my life that would hinder the Holy Spirit from, from being deposited and downloaded from heaven into my heart, the hard drive of my life. And God, I, I understand it's free. It's not because I've done things right or because I've done things wrong or that I'm better than I used to be. It's because you want to empower me to speak to you like no human voice could ever speak to you. And God, you want me to worship like I've never worshiped. You want my spirit inside of me to make groans and utterances in line with the will of God because the Holy Spirit speaks what the mind of God wants to speak through me. It's free. So God, tonight, what happened on the day of Pentecost, I want it to happen to me. God, download it. Speak to me. And then when God downloads it, you begin to communicate and speak it. That might sound overly simple, but it's, that's the reality. So, so this is what I'm going to, I want the, if the worship team could come at this time. And wherever the worship team's at, come. And, and uh, um, everyone, had, bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. You're here tonight. And maybe you're here and you slipped in today. Today's your first time at family camp or maybe you've kind of been holding out and, and maybe you're not in right relationship with Jesus but tonight you, you want to rededicate your life to the Lord and say, or maybe give your life to Jesus for the very first time. Maybe you came with some friends, you're a teenager and, 
and, and you're just like, I don't know if this is real. And then, oh, great, they're talking about the Holy Spirit tonight. That's what I didn't want to bring. You know, but, but you're here and you say, I, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. Anyone wave your hand at me tonight? Anyone, I'll start over here off the left, my left, your right. Anyone wave your hand at me upstairs or down below to say tonight I want to give my life to Jesus? Anyone wave at me? Thank you, sir. Anybody else, wave your hand at me. I'm coming to the center here. Anyone just wave your hand and say, Mark, I, I, tonight I want to make a decision for Jesus. Anybody else? Anyone in the center aisles here? Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else, just wave your hand and say, Pastor, tonight I want to make my life, give, give my life to Jesus. Anybody else over here on, on, to, on, on the right side, my, my, my right, your left. Anyone over here say, just wave at me. Say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you, sweetheart. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thanks, bud. Anyone else? Just wave at me if I missed you. Four or five of you just raised your hand. Just pray this prayer with me silently, those that raised their hand. Dear Jesus, tonight I admit I've sinned. But I believe you died on the cross for me. So tonight I repent of my sin. God, I'm sorry for my sin. I, I, I choose to say, uh, please forgive me. And Lord, tonight I confess you as the Lord of my life. There's one mediator between God and, and man, and that's you, Jesus. So I come to you. Please forgive me. Please save me. Please lead me. In Jesus' name, amen.